Hello, 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 and welcome to the Alt Work Podcast, where we explore the new frontiers of work and challenge everything you thought you knew about career, business, and the world of work. We took uh, two weeks off, but we're back. And once again, I am Victoria, and with me is my co-host, Saki Rasul. Hi, Saki. Victoria. And today, we're going to talk about how to go from strangers to allies and build powerful work relationships fast. So uh, I want to start us off by saying that, um, in my humble opinion, this is a skill that Sakiv is really good at. And I think anyone who knows Sakiv will agree with me that you are literally capable of creating relationships with anyone at any time, like anywhere. You just have like this, this gift of being able to do that. And it's a very powerful skill to have, I think, especially in the workforce. Um, so what's your secret, Sakib? You have to tell us. <laughs> um, no. Mm. But um, seriously, though, why is it so hard sometimes to create mm. relationships and connect with people, especially in the workforce? Mm. Okay, thank you, first of all, for your uh, confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of your questions that you ask uh, the secret and uh, what gets in the way, let's maybe let's maybe explore both. Sure. Mm-hmm. So secret, I'm not sure if there is a secret um, per se, but if there has to be a secret, I think the secret is uh, care. Secret is mm-hmm. cultivating some joy of being in conversations with others, mm-hmm. cultivating some kind of a pleasure to be associated for the sake of being associated, mm-hmm. not to get uh, something out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, what gets in the way just right off bat that's connected to the same uh, question is that that we don't have a joy of relating to others. What gets mm. in the way that we want uh, something out of everything. We want something out of the relationship. Mm. We, we develop this uh, uh, utilitarian view, this resource-driven view that relationship is one of your resources. So if something is your resource, you need to get something out of that resource turns mm-hmm. out that other people are are behaving and acting and thinking in the same way mm-hmm. so when two people get together and they both want uh, something from the other person then the quality of that relationship is very shallow mm-hmm. it's more of a um, it's a transactional relationship mm-hmm. and if it turns out that uh, that you, that you that you do need each other and two people need each other and that need is clear and that need and all of that, then the relationship works to a point because the both people get something out right away. Right. But there is no profundity in that relationship. That relationship is only for the sake of the terms and conditions you laid out in the beginning of the relationship that I'll do this for you. You do this, you do this for me. Um, I will, I will be this and you will be that. And in that case, there is no um, possibility to even enjoy each other's 
company or no possibility of something new to happen in a relationship. Yeah. So we enter relationships um, by having a superficial commitment that I'll get this out. And this superficial commitment that we have to get something out right away in which there is no uh, joy of uh, togetherness in the relationship, um, everything goes missing. So I think your question about the secret and what gets in the way, uh, your, your both questions work, um, uh, work like a two, two, barrel, two barrel gun shooting simultaneously. I think they're connected to each other. What do you think? What, what do you see yeah. in there? Yeah, and what came to mind was also the word superficial, that it turns into very superficial relationships. Like it sometimes, like most of the time, it is in work where you have a certain title and you have certain expectations about each other and that's kind of all there is. And there's no, you miss the opportunity of of depth and joy in the relationship and something mm -hmm. new happening, right? Mm -hmm. um, and is, so is there a way to go beyond this? Can we go beyond this? Other, like beyond the superficiality at work and how? I think we certainly can. I think uh, that uh, first what we need to give up mm -hmm. is uh, this uh, strategic uh, planning, conniving mind that looks to get something out of things right away. We, to, to go beyond that, we're going to need to rebuild some capacity to, to be in a relationship where we begin to develop uh, some concern mm -hmm. and some care for the other person. Going mm -hmm. back to your question about the secret, if there is mm -hmm. a secret, now that I take a look at it, if there is a secret, mm -hmm. I think the secret is care. Yeah. Care turns out to be the, the secret behind any kind of a power. And it mm -hmm. cannot be done in order to is all yeah. this in order to do this, mm -hmm. I will do this. So we mm -hmm. don't have any commitment to the, to, the, to the person that we are relating to. Rather, we have commitment to getting what we want out of it. Very so going beyond that. Yeah, I just said it's very transactional. Yeah, it's very transactional. There's a little lag from your side. There's a... It's, oh. It's very transactional. Uh, say it again. There's a little lag from your side. Please come again. No, I, I didn't say anything. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we missed. We we got got kind of stuck. Where were we? Let's let's go back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um. So if care is the is the secret to building uh, powerful work uh, relationships, not just at work, but anywhere, mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking like what gets in the way for me is mostly me mm -hmm. thinking too, but too much about myself mm -hmm. um, and not about the other person, maybe, and how I can um, help the other person. Kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, even in preparation for this uh, podcast episode, for example, I get very nervous when we do the podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. But then when I think, okay, well, this is something that might actually really help someone uh, that is struggling with this issue. 
it gives me a little bit more courage of like, okay, you know, no matter what happens, hope, hopefully we can help someone and they can uh, take something we say and, you know, and uh, try to uh, uh, work with it and they get inspired or something. Um, mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. thinking so less about myself and more about the other person sometimes helps and uh, like giving me that extra push to go and talk to someone that I might be too scared to talk to. Mm-hmm. 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 What do you I think? I think we might have nailed the secret. Maybe what it is, it's uh, it's that that we we have arrived uh, at just the right point. That you know, oftentimes, what happens in relationships is that that we are constantly thinking about what we're gonna get, what we're not gonna get, um, what it's gonna be, how it's gonna be. We pre-plan how this mm-hmm. is gonna go. And that pre-planning has nothing to do with our care for the other person. That pre-planning has to do, like you said, care about what you want out of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So this utilitarian view, uh, it prohibits us from ever really getting to know the other person. It mm-hmm. prohibits us from getting to know what are the concern of the other person. What is that the other person might care about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the listening goes missing. Mm-hmm. Only thing what we are listening to is uh, what's gonna uh, what's gonna happen uh, as far as my benefit is concerned? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, but also I feel like there are other things that also get in the way of creating relationships. No, mm-hmm. yeah, please. Like for example, we create certain ideas of how a certain person can be, and we make mm-hmm. kind of characterizations of that person, and we just we don't even like question them. We just think, oh yeah, I had a bad experience with this person, and I think she's like you know, really bossy or something. And then we like fail to even give that person an opportunity to show otherwise. And then we fail to create a relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. You're talking about um, the the biases that we have that speak in our yeah. ears as personal truths mm-hmm. that we exactly know how the other person is, right? If you're trying to create a relationship with uh, with a boss or an investor or some person or maybe a new friend or something, you already have it in the back of your head how that person is. Mm-hmm. You know, the biases could be um, based on their age or based on their gender or based on their location or religion or background and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So little, little, little demons, you know, they they whisper truth in our ears that I know exactly how the other person is. Yeah. And if you think some other person that my boss is, uh, you know, what a jerk. And that right there, what is whispering in my ear, that is the truth. Then that we, we carry that truth with us. Mm-hmm. My dear uh, uh, friend, James McManus used to say, what we go searching for is what we go searching with. Mm-hmm. So when we go searching, uh, what we go searching with is what we go searching for. I said it the other way, what we go searching with is what we go searching for. So mm-hmm. when we go searching with a, some bias that the other person is a jerk, it mm-hmm. turns out that we find that, that we right. meet that. Yeah. 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 And I think with, you know, the workforce becoming so diverse in terms of not just cultures and races, but also generations, right? We have people working in the same place that go from baby boomers to Gen Z now. And um, and you and me are kind of an example of that. Um, you are not a baby boomer, but um, we have a big age difference, but we have a very powerful work relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, why why do you think we have such a powerful work relationship despite the age difference? 
Hmm. Well, what do you think? Let me turn this question around to you. What's your opinion about this? My opinion is, well, we've been working together for quite a bit. So we like know each other very well. But I think we both acknowledge that we bring different things to the table. Hmm. And it's not like, um, like, it's not like better or worse. It's just, it's just different. And, and that those differences make us as a team work much better. Mm-hmm. I think I, that's- right on. And, you know, but if you take a look, most people uh, mm-hmm. that are working together are different from each other, True. but they fail to celebrate those differences. Rather, what happened is that the differences become the points of contention. Yeah, yeah. Right? Differences become point of contention. Uh, uh, How in the ways that you're different, that becomes something that is not to be celebrated. Mm. So how do we learn to celebrate differences? I think that, you know, this is where I was uh, having conversation with another group about uh, truth versus love, like what matters, truth matters or love matters. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes the difference that we see and we see clearly like what's going on, the person has a different point of view, the person has a different maybe political orientation, the person has a different Mm -hmm. family orientation and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that difference become the wall, Yeah. right? There is no patience for the difference. And we want to prove, we then speak in relationships to prove our truths to them. Yeah. Turns out they're playing the same game. They speak in relationships to prove their truths to us. Mm. So what we might need to do to go beyond that, like you asked earlier, is to perhaps um, develop a kind of a mind, a kind of a perception that, first of all, doesn't accept all the truths that little demons whisper in your ears, what you know to be so, um, it may not be so. Mm-hmm. What you know to be so true may not be so true. That just might be your way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. But we get so committed and attached to our way of looking at it that we do not have any kind of a possibility to celebrate what other person is saying. Yeah. We don't listen to celebrate Mm-hmm. We listen to uh, to invalidate. Yeah. We listen to vilify each other. That we're gonna, I'm gonna listen to whatever you have to say, and I'm gonna come up with really good points, really good logic, and I'm gonna prove it to you that how your logic is wrong. And mm-hmm. you're doing the same. You're listening to me. So mm-hmm. there is no curiosity. There yeah. is no uh, possibility of celebration. Yeah. So therefore, um, profound relationships are not built at least not right away and not in, you know, the kind of time that we are in, uh, we need to build these fast, uh, uh, these trusting relationships at a fast speed. We cannot have the luxury of having a lot of time or going to uh, mosque together for 20 years or going to church together or belonging in some sport for uh, 10 years or growing, growing up together. The world is becoming very dynamic. The nature of work is becoming very dynamic. Mm -hmm. So in that kind of a game, how do we, um, how do we build uh, deeply trusting relationships fast? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that has to do with first bringing deep amount of um, 
listening to the table. And that is not listening to the words that are being said and analyzing. Often mm-hmm. notice that there is a, there is no distance between listening and analyzing. We, we collapse listening and analyzing into the same exact moment. So there is no listening going on. Mm-hmm. All what is going on is what the other person is saying. We match it with what we already know. Mm-hmm. In this kind of a game, if we accidentally meet someone who says exactly the same thing and uh, totally agree with everything, then we might say, yeah, 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 I, we agree with everything. But soon enough, that relationship becomes boring. The relationship yeah. is only interesting if you learn to learn to listen to the difference and celebrate it yeah. and get deeply curious about what the other person might have to say about the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like most of the time we end up creating relations with people that we feel are very similar to us and who have the same ideas and beliefs because it's just comfortable and it's easy but we miss the opportunity to to grow in relationships with people who think very differently from us Mm -hmm. um and thinking about you and me um we both have very different views in and experiences and perspectives in life and when we have for example when we're discussing something about work about sales or whatever we have sometimes very different opinions and we have very like um, intense conversations. Like, no, I think that we should do this and we need to focus on this. But at the core of all of our relationships, all of our conversations is a, uh, I think a mutual concern. Mm. Like we're on the same team. We know that, that our concern mm-hmm. is the same. Like we're mm-hmm. working towards the same thing. Um, and it is almost always these very intense conversations that actually we like come up with something together in the moment in conversation that's even better than what we originally thought was you know our idea was the right idea so mm-hmm. um I think that's a beautiful thing that comes out of having like uh creating a relationship with someone that is very different and thinks differently and brings new things to the mm-hmm. table so then going back to your earlier point about the, the secret, what is the secret of cultivating new relationships fast, mm-hmm. deeply trusting relationships, then that secret has to be a shared concern. Mm, yeah. When there is a shared concern, yeah. which tells us then for the sake of what, yeah. we must build this relationship. Yeah. If the only thing that's like for the sake of getting some money or getting some something else or whatever, Mm-hmm. If that's my only concern, then two things can happen in a relationship. Mm-hmm. If I have some idea that I want this from you, whatever this is, then two things can happen. Either I will get this that I am looking for, money, job, power, um, food, uh, whatever else that I'm looking for, either promotion in the work environment, um, startup funding. Then as soon as I get this, the relationship will be over. We have no purpose, no no reason. It will actually feel daunting and boring and uh, feel like an entrapment. Mm -hmm. Turns out a lot of people feel like that in their jobs today. They feel like they have been trapped Mm -hmm. because people did not have the job, uh, did not do the work for the sake of doing the work, for the sake of enjoying the work. The Mm -hmm. work had been for the sake of... uh, paying bills or and so on and so forth, Mm. right? The second thing that can happen 
is that we don't get what we want. Mm. Instantly, there is no relationship. Instantly, mm. there is no joy of relating. Instantly, it's over and we might as well look somewhere else to get what we want. Mm. So there is no shared concern. It's mm. one-sided concern. Two people cannot win in a relationship like this. Only one person can win. Mm. So this kind of orientation that I need to get something from this relationship, there is no shared concern. It sets up this ground of um, uh, domination and being dominated. Mm. Then if you're smart, you will do everything yeah. you can do to avoid being dominated. Mm -hmm. And you will do everything you can to dominate the other, to get what you want. Mm. And in that case, the possibility of deeply trusting relationship disappears hmm. but wouldn't you say that people who work together just like inherently do have a shared concern i mean whatever purpose of that company is isn't that their shared concern or no no i think you're you're quite right right on it, it should be a shared concern right. but it's often forgotten hmm? okay. and it need to be remembered being again membered, make a member of yourself again. It mm -hmm. needs to be reminded, put it in mind again. Mm. Mm, what that shared concern is often people working in uh, enterprises and startups and others, they forget that for the sake of what they're having this relationship. Mm. Most relationships, they turn out to be about where I can get from you. Yeah. Or even new relationship, you know, especially if there's a big difference in a relationship, you're trying to, you're aiming to cultivate a relationship with a very senior boss or with an right. investor or mm -hmm. with a higher upper, but you got in your head already what you want out of it. Well, they have mm -hmm. gotten to their higher upper position also through experiences mm -hmm. um, and they'd be damned if they let you get what you want out of it before they get what they want out of it. So this shallowness in relationship shows up as a very painful experience in conversations. Mm. So you're absolutely right that people working in the same team, same company, same enterprise, or same family for that matter, have a shared concern mm -hmm. about the viability of the company, number one, about the viability of the team, or in the case of an enterprise for the wellness of others. And in certain families too, certain uh, uh, political family or certain business family, they have a commitment of service to some community of people, some group of people, some service they offer. Mm -hmm. So that shared concern is forgotten a lot of time by people. Mm -hmm. So one way is to begin to repair the relationships you have at work if you're finding that a lot of the relationships you're having at work have uh, gotten stale or you cannot... Uh, make a breakthrough or everybody's angry at everybody else. Right. The place to start is the place to investigate what that shared concern is. Mm -hmm. And then reminding others that for the sake of our customers, mm -hmm. we are doing this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Reminding that for what purpose you and I must relate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the same secret for opening a new relationship. If you want to open a new relationship with someone, if you only want to open it from the from the viewpoint of you know what I'm going to get out of it and how I'm going to trick you into being seduced by me so I can get out what I want, then in that case the 
it's a very shallow game. It yeah. doesn't even deliver the satisfaction you think you're going to get. Mm. But another game that's possible is that you, um, you invent, you design, and you articulate a, sh- a possibility of a shared concern. Mm. You might go to someone and say, um, I know you are thinking about uh, um, investments in AI, and I have been thinking about the same, and I wonder if we can have a coffee and at least explore together what your concern yeah. might be. Yeah. That exploration may turn into uh, an investment or um, a collaboration, a co-foundership, a job maybe. Maybe you hire them, maybe they hire you. But going in with the agenda, yeah. clear agenda of what you want out of it, yes. sets up the other person to have a clear agenda of mm-hmm. not let you get away with what you want out of it. Yeah. Yeah, not be dominated and not let you win. That's right. That type of thing, yeah. Okay, so much is coming to my mind. So I'm just going to share like freely. I can't help but think, and I don't know if this is very appropriate to say, but I can't help but think about the U.S. government and the Republicans and the Democrats just because, you know, uh, how do I say this? (laughs) Like there's a lot of fights, Republicans or Democrats, which party are you from and everything. And they have very different opposing views. But if like, if we apply what you're saying right now to also this conversation about you know, for the sake of what do we have to relate to each other? What's our shared concern? It is for the greater good of the American government and the U.S. citizens and everything. So, like, I'm just thinking, and it, like, applies, this, what you're saying applies, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. very powerful what you're saying. And, um, mm-hmm. okay, talking about, you kind of gave an example of, like, not going into a conversation with wanting something, but just with a shared concern of AI, for example, right? What if someone, like, has that, but like let's say they want to create a relationship with someone who's like a a higher upper you know like someone that's pretty high like the ceo or a famous advisor or something how do they get past like the anxiety like just like just like the anxiety of being around like such a person hmm you're talking about in a case that you're talking to somebody that's much more powerful than you yeah. in some way, financial power, political power, maybe social power, maybe you're around a, a famous uh, actor or something. And how do you create a relationship? Yeah. And how do you overcome? How do you your... like, how do you not freak out and start like fangirling and, and just say this, like the stupidest thing ever and make a whole like joke of yourself, you know? Right. Right. It's a really good question. I think that uh, as human beings, we have a tendency to worship. You know, mm-hmm. we like to worship things and uh, then we worship human beings. We make uh, deities out of them. We, we put people on pedestals mm. and uh, often we are disappointed later on once we get, get to know them, what we find out that they're also human beings. Yeah. They also have the, not the same concerns, but concerns in the same domains. Yeah. People have concerns in the domain of uh, family and well-being and their health and their career and their work, their concern might be very different, but they have concerns just because they have gained some power in some area. They may have accumulated financial wealth or they may have accumulated uh, some position in a enterprise or some political power, or they have become a famous actor or actresses or whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Their concerns about life have Mm. not disappeared. Mm. They have concern 
also about friendships. They mm -hmm. want to be listened to. They have mm -hmm. concerns about their well-being. Mm -hmm. They have concern if you're happening to be working around this person uh, in a company, let's say, then they have concerns about the about the future of the company, about the revenues, about the sales, about marketing, technology, whatever else. If there's a new technology that's disrupting, like AI is disrupting everything right now, then they have that concern. Hmm. That concern gives you the opening to be in conversation. Hmm? And uh, the anxiety might still be there. Um, anxiety is not necessarily your enemy that you need to kill and get rid of. Anxiety simply reminds us that there is more in us than we can express. Mm. And anxiety is a reminder that shows up that, yeah, there is something either our unmanaged anxiety is a reminder, uh, unmitigated uh, anxiety could be a reminder that something is not going well. Mm. So, okay. In opening a relationship with a powerful person, you may acknowledge your anxiety. You may say, I am quite anxious, mm -hmm. but I am also at the same time, I would love to hear a little bit more about how you're dealing with this, how you're dealing with that. And mm -hmm. I just want to hear your views. And I want to share a little bit of what I think about this and that. And uh, I am curious, would you be open for a coffee or a conversation mm -hmm. in which we explore a shared concern? That's a really good move. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Do you, but like, do you ever get anxious though? Like you have, re you have relationships with people from very wealthy uh, in the tech industry or in other industries. And you also have relationships with people of the, just like people you meet, like a, a waiter that you met and that you connected with. And suddenly you guys have amazing relationships. Do you ever like get anxious at all? Um. Yes, of course. I'm a human being. I am not free of anxiety. As long as you're a human being, anxiety is with you. Mm -hmm. You cannot eliminate anxiety. But um, uh, fearful, uh, not so much anymore. Maybe when I was younger, I did not know many of these things. I considered many great people I met like mini gods walking around. Maybe later in my life as I was around many of those mini gods, I began to realize that they are not mini gods. They are just human beings. And sometimes uh, they could also be quite petty. And sometimes they can also be quite anxious. Mm -hmm. If some people have gone further in their ears, they could be quite anxious when they meet younger people. Mm -hmm. I used to get real anxious around kids as I didn't feel like I could relate. But this idea of having uh, having care in a relationship and that care for their concerns, it gives me again and again a place to stand. Right. Now I get more anxious with a little bit of an enthusiasm and excitement if I meet an interesting person mm -hmm. anywhere. I am anxious to get to know them and anxious to know um, what have they done. Mm -hmm. Everyone that you meet has history. Even if you meet a 14-year-old as we do sometime in our school of young entrepreneurs, 14-year-old um, believes that she has history, long history. I sometimes get people that ask me for coaching. It's like, you know what? I'm already 22 and mm -hmm. it's just too late. Like so everybody believes they have history. Yeah. So you can always start by investigating the history of the person. 
that will give you like a place to stand that will give you some idea of what they have been concerned with in their life so far and what they're concerned with now so your anxiousness you can transform that in your desire to learn a little bit more about the other person and their views as different as they may be from yours and sometimes if you're if you haven't cultivated your anxiety you can get anxious to prove your point you meet somebody new they said something you know you are two product managers and you meet another product manager at a big company and the other product manager said well you know for making the products what really matters is is the kpi and you have the idea no what really matters is the is the speed of bugs you resolve or or something like this right so we have this every one of us is living in the world of our own truths mm. so when we don't train our anxiety we get very anxious about proving our truth to the mm. other person mm. they are anxious about the same so mm. often time two new people meet and 30 minutes later it feels like they're having a fight or something yeah so you need to train your anxiety a little bit you mm. can train your anxiety to get anxious about getting to know what they think because what they think is not the truth mm. what they think is what they think mm. Mm. that's the truth of it is that what they think is what they think and you can get anxious about learning about that and you have a much better place to stand in constructing a relationship with people mm. okay out of curiosity i want to ask you a question what is the person you've been most anxious to meet in your whole life like the person that you've actually met uh the person that i have actually yeah the person that you've actually met who were you like most anxious to me i uh wow that's a good question <laughs> you suddenly asked me i met uh the i don't know if i was anxious i was a little anxious i did some business with uh with the current prime minister of pakistan he wasn't prime minister uh shehbaz sharif was the brother of the prime minister at that time okay and i had an opportunity to do some business with him and i knew um who this was so it was a little i was anxious to meet him um but i think okay i think the person i was most anxious to meet was fernando flores i had wow. uh, <laughs> read a lot about him i had heard a lot about him Yeah. I had read many of his uh, essays I one time ran into some essay that he wrote and it just blew my mind away. Mm. So uh when I first time uh met him mm. I think I I I just hugged him and kissed him on the cheek <laughs> or on a, I was sitting down so I kissed on his forehead or something. Oh my. <laughs> I was super anxious to to meet him and oh. and I can become a little bit of like a uh like a kid especially mm. when I meet people that i'm We excited <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and i get i can get a little excited um sometimes mm-hmm. it's probably gets better with time and this this event i'm okay. talking to you was must have been 15 years ago so mm-hmm. i see okay got it mm-hmm. thank you for sharing um no, we're almost running out of time here but i also we talked a little bit about our relationship and the age difference there mm-hmm. um but uh, how do you um work with people that are much older than you um 
how do you connect with them and relate to them or people who are like um like in your personal experience people who are um who technically know much more than you mm -hmm. yeah right right is it hard i i think that um yeah maybe at some moment it might have been hard i don't remember whether it's hard or not hard but i can understand why it could be hard, right? They could right. be intimidating. They know okay. so much more because you got this thing going on in your head that they're going to judge you mm -hmm. because you're not good enough, mm -hmm. right? And um, But it doesn't work like this. People that are older in age, um, they have so much experience of life, mm. for better or for worse. They have so much experience of life that when they meet younger people that are willing to listen to them, they would just pour out. You know, and that has been the secret of creating powerful, for me, uh, creating relationships with younger people, mm -hmm. I had to learn a little bit, mm -hmm. I, it was more difficult for me to mm -hmm. create relationships with younger people, but it was easier for me to create relationships with older people, because they have so much mm -hmm. uh, to share, any mm -hmm. older person you meet, they have gone through life more than you, mm -hmm. so that can set up the ground but you must have the willingness to listen to what you don't understand. Mm. You must have the willingness to listen to what you don't know. Mm. You must have the willingness to listen to what is so opposite to what you know. Yeah. So you go with those three willingnesses with yeah. the general willingness of listen to them by pausing your opinion, by pausing your logic, by pausing your rationality that mm. you have picked up and uh, wondering about what uh, they could share with you, what they have gone through. I mean, even if you meet an older person that in your view is not very successful, mm -hmm. what a remarkable opportunity to ask them that how have you gotten to where you are? What mm -hmm. could you have done differently? Mm -hmm. Two questions, how you got to where you are, doesn't matter whether you are a very, very powerful senior CEO, chairman, major VC, uh, president of the United States or whoever person you are, um, or you meet someone that is homeless or nearly homeless or, you know, very poor and not living very well, but an older person. What a remarkable opportunity to learn from both. Mm. So open the question, how did you get to where you are? Mm. What have you learned in the process? What mm. would you do differently mm. if you were to do it again? What is your advice for me? Those questions can set up the foundation for such a powerful relationship. Yeah. And now you cannot do it like a strategy that mm. I will ask those questions. Like <laughs> I will get the nut meal out of the nut or something, right? Yeah. That I will like a can opener. Those questions will open the can and I'll have whatever I want to have. Because people that are older than you, they have also seen a lot more life than you. Mm -hmm. So they may they may detect your disingenuous uh, agenda much quickly, mm -hmm. right? So you cannot be um, you cannot be disingenuous. You you can be, but you won't have the relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you want a profound relationship with someone older than you, you have to be genuinely interested mm -hmm. in what has happened to their life and who they are and who they be and and they have. Uh, wishes and hopes and dreams for their future. Mm. A lot of time when young people meet older people, 
in their head. They've already killed the old person. There's nothing further going on. People, okay. young people don't believe that the older person also have ambitions and yeah. new yeah. agendas and everything, but they do. Maybe more intense than you. Maybe yeah. their time is shorter than you on earth. Yeah. So this can give you all the in to mm. the relationship. Learn about what their agenda is. Learn about what their commitment is. Learn about what their mission, what their ambition is. And maybe if you want the relationship, you commit yourself to their agenda. A mm. little bit like how you did this relationship with me. Mm. This, this wasn't when you began working for me. You started as an intern and today you are the head of products, uh, chief product officer at Concevian. Mm. How this journey happened. Right. If you had come in to say you are trained classically in a film school, you have film training and writing training in your background. And if you have come and say, no, 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 this is my agenda and this is what I want to do. And I just want to make uh, short movies or ads and that's all that I'm trained for. Then this relationship cannot happen. This happened because you got interested in what I was up to. Yeah, it's okay. At one point, I made this concern my concern as well. Mm, so shared concerns. We go back to the secrets of relationship. Let's let's close. Let's begin yeah, to close yeah. the call. The secret of relationship is number one, shared yeah. concern, and number two, care about that shared concern. If you bring to any relationship, yeah then you uh, you have game on. And if you don't have a shared concern, then you can join their concern and now you have shared concern. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think, I, yep. I think that's just totally on point. And another important thing you said though is uh, being able to listen to people very di different from us. Mm. <laughs> Creating that cap capacity to be able to listen to different point of views and uh, and not put up a wall of our differences, but instead build together on our differences. Also very powerful. To do that, you're going to need to pause your logic a little bit. The logic that is so clear in your head, especially younger people. Yeah. You know, what is this is that the confidence is a gift of, a, uh, of young, younger people. I don't know exactly how that goes, mm -hmm. but absolute confidence, the younger you are, uh, maturity-wise, growth-wise, the more absolutely confident you are. Mm. As you get older, and hopefully so, not necessarily uh, all the time, that you need to begin to get a little bit more learn to put question marks at the end of your truths. Mm. Learn to begin to wonder, and that wondering can then create little, little gaps, little openings in your truth machine, this truth that has you in its shroud, it can create cracks in that shroud where some new truth can possibly enter. Right. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. I feel like we went very quickly this time. I feel like uh, we've been only talking for like 10 minutes, but now it's time to end. Mm -hmm. So um, thank you, Sagib. Uh, and with this, we conclude episode oh, yeah. six of the Altwork podcast, how to go from strangers to allies and build powerful work relationships fast. Uh, thank you, Saki, for sharing your expertise and insights. And if you like what we had to say and want to interact with us, make sure to join us in Altor Connect, uh, which is a free event where you can come and ask any questions about your career, work, or business. Um, and it's going to be next Friday on May 19th from uh, 10 a.m. to 12 a.m., I think. Uh, I'll put the link in the comments. We won't go from 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. That would be a one 
long I mean, event. if you guys want to, we can, but no. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'll put, yeah, I'll put the link in the comment section below. Uh, and don't forget to tune in next time at the same place and at the same time for our next episode. Uh, I am Victoria Rellas, and this has been the All Work Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.